Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. I'm in Judges, saddest book in the Bible. Judges chapter number 7. Judges chapter number 7, verse number 16. This isn't the book that everybody just flips and reads. It's probably right there below Leviticus and 1 Chronicles. You found Judges 7 and 16. Let me hear you say amen. amen. And he, being Gideon, divided the 300 men into three companies. And he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. And he said unto them, Look on me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be, that as I do, so shall ye do. As Christians, that should be our motto. But I'm afraid I couldn't tell everybody to do always as Mike McCoy does. But that should be our motto. My philosophy, do right and don't worry. Gideon says, as I do, so shall ye do. When I... Blow with a trumpet, I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of all the camp and say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the three and and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch. And they had but newly set the watch and they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and beheld the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried the sword of the Lord and of Gideon and they stood every man in his place round about the camp and the host ran and cried and fled. Father, I love you and I thank you for this day and for this church and these good people, Lord. What a privilege it is to pastor this church and work with these people. What a privilege it is to be a child of the king this morning. What a privilege, Lord, for this past week of being able to hold revival services. What a privilege to preach the word of God. So Lord, fill my mouth again and guard my tongue. And preach me inside the bounds of your book, Lord. And use Mike McCoy once again. God, let me preach like a dying man to dying people. And help me, Lord, and use me like this is the last time, for it could be the last time I stand. I don't know, but you know, Lord. One day will be the last time. But help me 
today, God, like it's the last time. I've prayed, Lord. I've sought your face. I've read your story over and over here. Now, God, you do the work. We'll sow the seed. You give the increase. I bless you for it all and ask it in my king's name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Now, to Bible readers, and uh, this is probably uh, familiar ground, I want to try to preach this morning on this thought, Gideon's guarantee. Gideon's guarantee. So if we get to, to get this in context, I need to go back to chapter number six and start with the, where the people were at this particular time. And here, in order for us to understand this, I want us to understand the condition of the land. They had been up and they had been down. Every time that God, things would start going good, this is the danger of prosperity and having too much time on our hands. When, time, when times begin to get be good, then the children of Israel would turn their back on God. In the time, that's why Solomon said, listen, don't give me prosperity, but give me bread. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but feed me with bread that is convenient for me. In other words, keep me busy, Lord. Let me be in the middle. Never give me too much because I'll get in trouble. And he did. And we see the condition of the land. They was up. They were down. This was in a down time. And God allowed the Midianites to come in. The Amalekites came with them and the children of the east. But God allowed them to come in and they was taking the people's food. You'll find Gideon down in a wine press threshing wheat. You don't thresh wheat in a wine press. The wine press is in a low place. So if you're trying to thresh your wheat in a low place, you're not going to be very successful. But the reason he's doing it is because the enemy has invaded him. There may be someone here today that the enemy has invaded your home. He may have invaded your heart. He may try to invade you. He may and have you in a low place. And, and even though we've just come out of revival, I've learned this, that sometimes when you put all you got into something, when you come out, you're tired and weary and you find yourself, though you should be up here, you find yourself in a low place and you find the devil coming in there, the enemy trying to come against God's people. And there he was. He was in a low place. The nation was in a low place. Can I tell you? America's in a low place. We're, I think we're in the lowest place we've been since, since our, the beginning of our nation. They've never, I don't think there's ever been a time where people were more un-God and unchurch and anti-Christ than the day in which we live. Um, this, this is, uh, uh, it, we're in a terrible state. We're in a low place. Uh, but God sent a prophet to the, to the man that's out there threshing the wheat. Uh, the enemy is coming by and taking their food. There's a robbing from them, taking all the good stuff. Don't you let the enemy take the good things God wants for you. Uh, greater is he that is in us uh, than he that is in this world. God's got good things. He wants good things for us. Listen, and when the, even, I'll get into it in a moment, don't get ahead of myself, but even when times are tough, God's got good things in store for us. He finds himself there. The Midianites come, the Amalekites, 
and, and, and the children of the east, they come and God sends a man to give a message to Gideon. He finds Gideon. It's a whole other message. I've got to get to where I'm going. And so he tells Gideon, he said, get you some men and go tear down your father's idols. Go tear down your father's idols. Did you know just because grandpa and grandma done it doesn't mean that it's according to scripture? There's a lot of things that's tradition that don't have a thing to do with the Bible. But my word, they act like it does. And here his father has this big idol up there. And, and Gideon goes out and get this. I've never seen this waged over. Gideon goes out and he gets 10 men. He could have got 20 or 30 or 40, but he got 10. 10 speaks to the law. So there we have 10 men which speaks as a type of the law. And you know what the law does? It goes, tears the idols down. Where'd you get that? First commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So there's the law. Nothing wrong with the law. The law shows us our very sin. By the law is the knowledge of sin. And so the law shows up and tears down the idols. And then he gets in trouble for it. And he says, well, let that God argue for himself if he was God. Of course, nothing was said. Then Gideon gathers him up. He, he sounds a trumpet. 32,000 men show up. From the 32,000, it's whittled down to 2210, takes off right off the bat. By the time he gets through, it's down to 300 men. God said, now, now you got just enough. Why would God not want him to take the 32,000 in there and annihilate them boys? Because they'd have took credit for it. But when you get when you get past the place that you nor men can do it, hey, that's when God's going to get all of the glory out of everything that's done. It's got to get beyond us. When it gets beyond us, it's getting just where God can use it. And there's 300 men, and here's what happens at this time. In that prior to this, God had said this, this is Gideon's guarantee, thou shalt not die. Now with 32,000 men behind you, you're thinking, unlikely I'm going to die. When it gets down to 300, now you're going against a number of people that's like the grasshoppers in the sand of the sea. And you got 300 men with you, but God has said, you won't die, Gideon. Go do what I told you to do, and you won't die. And I want you to notice Gideon's guarantee, and I think it's available for us today if we'll apply this to ourselves. But I want you to notice three things concerning this today. We see the, we see the condition of the land. We see the people crying out to God, and then we see the call of Gideon. And Gideon gathers the men. And he brings these men in here. He's got 300 men. Brings us to our text today. So we see the story now. It's unfolding before us. The enemy has invaded. The only the advantage that Gideon has is he's got the high ground. Gideon has the high ground. No army man knows you always want the high ground. So here they are. They're on the high place. And, 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 the, and the enemy of God's people is in the low place. But there's a lot more of the enemies than there is of the soldiers of God. And Jesus said, few there be that find it. We shouldn't be surprised that that's the way it is today. You're going to have things come against your children. You're going to have things come against your marriage. You're going to have things come against you at the workplace. You're even going to have things come against you in the church house. Listen, why is that? Because few there be that find it. 
Gideon gathers them up. And as quick as I can give them to you, I'm going to give you these three things right here. Here's what Gideon does. Now, this is the most unusual thing to do. First, he puts a trumpet in every man's hand. Why, why, why in the world would you go into battle with a trumpet and not a sword or a spear? One thing was the Midianites and the Amalekites and the, I don't know about the children of the east, but they had come and they had taken the weapons away from these people. They were, they were weaponless. They didn't have bullets. They just had stones. You never run out of ammunition in the Middle East because there are rocks everywhere. They had the stone. That's all they had. But here's what God said to do. Now watch this. He said, put a trumpet in their hand. I don't know about you, Paul, but if I'm going to go fight a guy, I want a sword or a spear or a bow and arrow. I really don't care much about the trumpet. The trumpet get me killed. God said, put a trumpet in her hand. And Gideon said, now you do what I do. What it, what, we're going to divide up here three companies on the, on the high ground and all the enemy down here in the bottom. And I want to, I'm going to put a trumpet in your right hand. Why would they choose the right hand? Because on most occasions, unless it would have been me, that's where the weapon went, was in the right hand. Where's Jesus seated today? Thank you. A plus class. So there he is at the right hand. That's where the power is recognized. It's where the strength comes from in most than most of the world. And so it's in the right hand, the dominant hand. And there in the dominant hand, he puts a trumpet. The bugle boy. And here's what Gideon says. Blow the trumpet. Why would he do that? Here's why. You know where we find the answer to this? We find it from our apostle to the Gentiles, the apostle Paul. Paul answers to this in the New Testament. We see here a war. Well, glory, thank you for that, Lord. We see a war taking place in the Old Testament days. And when we read through this, we think, well, they blew a bunch of trumpets and they, they held up some torches and, 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 uh, and they won the battle. Well, I'm telling you, there's more to it than that. There's more to it than that. Though that is exactly what occurred. But listen what the Apostle Paul said concerning tongues. If the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle. So, it's, he's speaking in 1 Corinthians 14 concerning the tongue. Speaking in tongues, but here's what he's saying. If you're not saying something they can understand, what good is it? The trumpet has to be blown. But the trumpet is representative of this. It is representative of the tongue. Everyone on the hill that day had a trumpet in his right hand. Can I tell you, everybody sitting in the building today holds a trumpet. It's in between your lips. It's between the upper and the lower roots of the mouth. It is in your mouth. Everybody in this room, according to the Apostle Paul, has a trumpet to blow. What does that trumpet do? Well, for us, going to Paul again, the Bible said, you know what the blowing of the trumpet is? It's a picture of saving 
That's what this is going to do, Brother Brands. It's going to save them if they blow the trumpet. So what does our trumpet do? He said in, 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 in Romans 10, 13, everybody trying to lead somebody to the Lord. They're one of their favorite verses. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be. What, what, how are they calling? Well, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we see the calling. We see the calling from the trumpet. We call unto the Lord. But then we see this. We see the confessing of the trumpet. And when we begin to confess, praise God, we get heaven on our side. I don't know about much about blowing trumpets, preacher. So, Nita, Nita gave me a, Gavin was going to learn to play the trumpet apparently and it didn't go very far. I don't know, Gav, maybe they gave your trumpet away and you, was, you didn't want it given away. He'd rather drive cars and blow trumpets, I believe is what he'd rather do. But they gave me that and so at the house when nobody's there but me, I pull the trumpet out. I'm trying to learn to play taps. That's my goal. I'd like to be able to play taps at funerals for veterans. I'm not gotten very far. I can make a lot of noise. I tell you this, my neighbor's dog don't like it. <laughs> but I'm blowing that thing when nobody's around. That's the opposite of what God wants us to do. This trumpet is to blow, be blown on purpose and to people. First, it's our calling and our confessing. But once we have called and confessed and, and we have that ability, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. And if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We begin to blow. We begin to do that first to God and then for God, to people, we present the gospel. How do you come you think that? Because what Paul said, 1 Corinthians, because it's got to make a certain sound. In other words, it has, it has a story to tell. Now, this night, they just needed the sound. We need a certain sound. We need the thing, we need the thing that is going to convince men. And I'm, I'm beaten down by it pretty bad, Brother Junior, when I... I present it and I blow and I blow and I blow and no, it seems like no one hears the sound. Matthew, he told me to keep blowing. He didn't say toot or three times and stop. No, just keep tooting the horn. You know what he said? Gideon, you're not going to die, but here's what you're going to do. First, you're going into battle with a trumpet. Why in the world would we do that? That doesn't even, that doesn't even seem to make sense. You know what? We have this. We have this. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not. So listen. But it is this. It's, it's mighty through God's power to the pulling down of strongholds. We don't fight like everyone else fights. We fight a different way. Now, I believe in personal protection because Jesus told them. He said, hey, sell your coat and buy a sword. They said, we got two. He said, that's enough. He didn't tell them to buy an armory. Why did he do that? Personal protection. They're going to need it. They're in some bad places, and they're facing some bad people. 
It's amazing what it deters if they just see the sword. I was in some store the other day and this guy had a hog leg tied on his side. I'm telling you, I thought there ain't nobody in here going to say nothing to him. If he couldn't shoot him, he could pull it out and knock him in the head. It is that long. It deters a lot of crime. Blow the trumpet, are you blowing? I know we blew the trumpet some this week. And, and people didn't come. And you, you told them and they, they didn't come. But he didn't say, you've got to have Gideon's guarantee, you've got to blow the trumpet. Number two, number two, I'm trying to hurry. Number two is this. They blew the trumpet, verse 20, they blew the trumpets and they break the pitchers. Pitcher, broken pitchers speaks to this. Though the, the lighting, of the, the blowing of the trumpet speaks to saving, but the, the breaking of the pitcher speaks to sanctification. It speaks, it speaks to sanctifying. I don't understand that, preacher. Stay with me in just a minute. I'll show it to you. Got it right here in the Word of God. Now, why was the picture broken? 2 Corinthians 4 and 7, referring to the gospel. Here's what they said. Here's what our apostle to the Gentiles said once again. He said, but we have this treasure, speaking of the gospel, in earthen vessels. Prior to that, he said, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. So they don't see it. They don't see it, but they see you. They don't see it, but they see you. They see you. They, you know, I heard a daddy say this one time. And, and, and uh, I followed suit on this. And he said, you know what I've done? He said, uh, something, something between me and my son arose, and you know what he said? Uh, he said, I went to him, Randy, and I said, son, I'm, your daddy's sorry. Your daddy's sorry. He said, it, 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 it changed that boy in the way he viewed me. First, Randy, he seen that his daddy wasn't perfect, but two, he seen that his daddy was forgiving and asked for forgiveness. That's big steps right there, dads. That's big steps. Said, why? We have this in earthen vessels. People are watching us. Earthen vessels are easily broken. It's not, it's not something hard as a brick kiln. No, it's come. It's made out of clay. It's been fired, and it doesn't take much. You can take a stick, Brother Lewis, and crack it on the side. It'll break all to pieces. So that don't make any sense to me, preacher. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The brokenness was essential. Being broken was essential. We have this in earthen vessels. You're not, you're, I'm not with you, preacher. Here's what, here's what Paul said again, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 4. We possess, every man possess his vessel in sanctification. There it is, the vessel in sanctification. Well, what would broken, what would being broken have to do with that? Because God resisteth the proud. Pride's our number one killer. If they don't come when I think, why would I? Pride. People live vicarious lives through their ball team. If their ball team don't leave, win, they have a fit. I used to be one of those. I'd just get all upset if my team didn't win. I don't care who wins. I don't even watch it hardly anymore. Why do people attach themselves to things that, that is number one? Pride. 
What if Gideon's, boy, it's quiet right now. I'm sowing deep. What if Gideon's, what if Gideon's bunch had said, I may toot the horn, but I ain't breaking no pitcher. What if we say, Brother Paul, we don't mind blowing the horn, but don't break me. I don't want to be broken. Well, first, we'll never be saved until we're broken because God saveth such that be of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. So brokenness is, is essential for salvation. But other, after the salvation and the ability to blow the trumpet, there's going to be some times we need to have some things broken off. It speaks to sanctifying. So could I use more sanctifying? You better know it. I don't think there's anybody breathing God's air in here that couldn't move up a little bit. So we just come out of revival, preacher. We about as high as we can get. I hope not. Because here's what I've seen in revival. I'm not fussing. This is just my, this is what I viewed as pastor, as shepherd. Here's what I'm doing. I'm watching the flock. And I'm seeing people come. Number one, number one, come. Preacher's happy. Randy and I talking. Man, the crowds are up there. People's coming. Glory to God. We're rejoicing in the Lord. My Brian Bear said, are all these singers from this church my word? I said, yeah. Singing, rejoicing. Stay with me. Rejoicing. Coming, rejoicing, bless God. Everything's, this is good. Some great preaching. Great, great preaching. Not not mediocre preaching. I'm talking top shelf preaching. Everything's rolling. Invitation time. Too many vessels without any cracks. Why? Satisfied with this. Satisfied with feeling good in the singing. Satisfied with hearing a message that lit our fire and cranked our tractor. Satisfied. I mean, satisfied. Give an invitation. We should be broken, unsatisfied. Me. He said, you want to guarantee? You want this thing to work? You want to defeat the enemy of God? Here's what you got to do. You got to have a trumpet in the hand where you would normally have a weapon. Well, the sword of the Lord is the word of God. It's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We have this trumpet holding, blowing, giving out the word of God. Then we have these, then we have these earthen vessels. And he said, get them in your left hand, but you got to break them. These pot, I learned this in study yesterday. We see the blowing of the trumpet. We see the breaking of the vessel or the pitcher. We see the burning, number three, the burning of the lamps. I thought, how, I, here's what I thought, Brother Gordon. How they got them things in them pitchers? How the, I mean, 
So they, obviously, they either had to, if they're holding the picture, they either had to have the lamp, the torch. It was a torch, really, it's a torch. They either had to have it stuck down in the top of it, and there it is, and they're holding the picture, but the handle's up here, or they had to have a hold of the torch. He said the picture was in the left hand, had a hold of the torch, and the picture set over the top of the torch. And they couldn't assist with the right hand because it's holding a what? A, a plus. It's holding the trumpet. So it's in the left hand. I'm thinking, I, I'm, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I, I know about burning. I'm, I'm a fire bug. I can start a fire. I can burn a brush pile. There's an old man one time. I stacked this brush pile up. He said, son, you couldn't burn that with 20 gallons of gas. And I said, how come? He said, it's not tight enough. Son, let me. And he showed me, and I never forgot it. I'm thinking, how's that thing, how's that thing work? Here's what it was. It was a, it was a torch that was simmering. It was, it had been lit. I mean, it had been lit. And it was underneath that. And when the, when the vessel is broken, you wave the torch and it ignites. So here's this smoldering. Here's this smoldering light, lamp, torch inside this vessel. And all, all that needs to happen in order for them to see the light is the earthen vessel's got to be cracked. It's got to be broken. Jesus said, whosoever shall fall upon this rock shall be broken. But if their rock falls on them, it'll grind them to powder. Hey, he wants us broke. We can't do nothing in our pride when everything's right. Nobody's going to look at you and say, my, look at them. How'd they get through that? God, the opportunity to glorify God is nil to none when it's all right. But when it's going bad, Sister May, you got to go to the doctor and then it don't go like they say and you come walking out of that unscathed. I'm telling you, the power of God rests on you. But the torch, you break the vessel and you burn the lamp. And Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. If you read the rest of this story, here's what you're going to see. The enemy dies and God's men that were on the hill never lifted a finger except to blow and break and burn the light. And they shined the light. And in him was light, and the light was the life of man. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. The light, the darkness you know, you can't measure darkness. It's just the absence of light. You can measure light. But you can't measure darkness. It's just because there's no light. It's the reason it's dark. There it is. And the darkness, and the darkness comprehended, Brother Mark, couldn't do a thing with it. You know what happens to us, Brother Junior? We got the same guarantee as Gideon. If we'll blow the trumpet and break the vessel and burn the lamp, you know what it'll do? People be saved. And you know what it'll do? It'll purge us. It'll take things away. It'll break things off that we don't need. 
Here's what I'm praying for. I prayed some time back. It's been it was a couple years ago. I prayed, and I said this in, in, in the camp meetings, as a matter of fact. I said, I, I, I prayed that the Lord would break me and make me better. He broke me. I wasn't talking about health-wise, but that's what he done. I've had all kinds of problems since I prayed that. But I don't need, I, it's not the physical thing right now that I need because I'm feeling pretty good through some surgeries and medicine and, and God's helped me. But that's not what needs to be broke, Brother James. My spirit needs to be broke for lost people. Here's how I used to look at everybody I met. I viewed them one of two ways, saved or lost. There was a list on the Titanic. And the lost list was much larger than the saved list. And the column said, lost and saved. I read a story this morning. I'll share this with you and Verena will come to the end. I read a story this morning. I want to share this with you quickly and give you an opportunity to pray if you want to. Or you just take it home. Cal Ray says it might be a time bomb message. You'd have to sit and tick a while before it goes off. So this woman's husband was smuggling Bibles into an uh, Islamic area. And they, don't, they hate Christians. They hate Christians. They say they're a, a, a religion of peace and they cut people's heads off all the time. I got a problem with that. Either they're liars or they're just stupid. I don't know which one it is, but it's one of the two. And this woman's husband was smuggling Bibles in. She was worried about him. Rightfully so. And they caught him. And they chopped him up. Cut his head off, do what they do, mutilate the body, stand on him and say, look at me, I'm the king. And the woman was devastated in that area. You don't know that it's not like here. There's no welfare program. There's no wick to take care of the babies. There's, there's, no, there's no social organizations you can become part of. There's none of that stuff. You're just on your own and most times, Brother Randy, without hope. You know what she done? She went and got them Bibles. And she said, as broken as she was, she said, I'm going to show them. And where my husband failed, I'm going to succeed. And she's given Bibles, I forget how many. She's still carrying Bibles all over the place. She's given out the Bibles. She was broken. But in her brokenness, Matthew, her light began to shine and the torch began to wave and the people, people are joining in around her and they see, they see what she has done for the cause of Christ and it has moved, it's moved a multitude of people just because she picked up where she was broken and continued on. Give us that kind of burden, Lord. Give us that kind of burden. We need a... We need a burden, blow the horn that they might be saved. Faith cometh by hearing. We used it in Sunday school this morning. 
Hearing by the word of God, it comes. The more we hear it, the greater our faith grows. Every man has the measure. It's impossible without, without faith. It's impossible to please God. All these scriptures very familiar to you. We have these things. But listen, it's by grace through faith. Except the gift of God. And you know what? I'm blowing the horn right now. I'm, letting my, I'm, I'm, I'm blowing the trumpet. And I'm afraid we need to water what we blow. We need to water the song with tears. If we're not careful, our vessel looks too good for someone to say, hey, what's wrong? Nothing wrong with you. Chris Rumfeld told the story about weeping at the man in the man's face. I forget where he was. Some, he's on a mission trip somewhere. He's weeping, speaking to this man about the Lord and the guy's having nothing, making fun, having nothing to do with it. Chris got down on his knees and wrapped his leg arms around this guy's legs and just went to sobbing openly. He said when he looked up, this guy was broken. He said, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Let that guy the Lord. And you know what, hap that, you know what happens right then? Brother Matt, the light shines. Give us that, Lord. Give us that. And the victory was won. Gideon had some other people come and help him, but he never had to leave the hill. Are you getting, is anybody with me in this? He, he stayed on the high place. He, though he was, though he was what? Though he was blowing the horn and breaking, broken, the pitcher broken and flat, waving the fire, the lamp. He never left the high place. The enemy killed themselves. Stand to your feet, bow your heads just before Marcus. You can come in at home, Marcus. Some's coming to pray already. You may need to come to pray. We're on the winning side. We're on the winning side. But I'd like for them to be on the winning side too. Lord, this little earthen vessel isn't much. There have been troubles and trials, Lord. We've bobbled and stumbled. I pray God you'd break my heart for lost people and I'd sound the trumpet and I'd shine my light and I pray you'd be glorified and, and they just stood there Lord they just stood the Bible said they stood help us stand Lord help us stand and shine for the glory of God help us stand and sound the trumpet Please hear me, Father. Save lost people for your glory. <laughs> you just save lost people for your glory. Touch this place, God. I pray, Lord, where there's calluses, I pray they'd be shaved off. And where there's hardness, I pray, God, it'd be softened. And where the vessel with the gospel in it is just there. 
I pray you break it that they might see the light. Let us be broken for lost people. I pray the cross for first free will Baptist Church become a beacon in the last days. God, our associated family members are going to be saved. We're claiming them today, God. Those brothers that are lost and going to hell, God, let us see their face in the flame. Those family members that we've seen to have lost the burden for, I pray, God, you would rekindle the fire and break us over the lostness of their souls. You use us, Lord, and we'll praise you. I'm asking it today in my king's name. Brother Marcus, would you come and get that song? Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.